0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess, and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. So enjoy. Welcome to the Friday the 13th, 2013 September broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Cheney, and it's me, and I Priestess and my favorite witch, Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello,
0: Ed. Happy dessert block tonight. Oh,
1: Happy is that's the your 13th. way to Okay, I was going to say. Is that a, is that <laughs> a witch's uh, language? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: Okay. Um, we do have a very special guest He's returning for tonight Mr. David Kump is going to be joining us Talking about UFOs Grays and whatever else is out there For him to talk about But before we get there Let me just say real fast Get this out of the way That a um, couple of days I have coming up The Haunted Al Capone location Al Capone's Colerton Hotel In Chicago That will be October 13th and we also have the October 26th fundraiser for the Valentine's Chicago Boys and Girls Club and um Senator John Humphrey's house will be October 27th so we um October is going to be good there's exclusive locations so just go to chicagoparanormalnights.com that's chicagoparanormalnights.com
2: and uh
1: information will be found there for house parties or Readings in my office in Cicero, just go to edwardshanahan.com. Annette, i got a question to ask you. How does this sound? Okay? Um,
0: yeah, I can hear you fine, yeah. Good, good.
1: All right, um, as I said, this is a new headset speaker, so I'm just uh, confirming it so I get comfortable with knowing it's okay. Also, I'd like to, Annette, how is Shorewood near you? Indiana? Shorewood. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: there is a subdivision called Shorewood. Kind of near okay. Valparaiso,
1: okay. off past the mall there, Salt like Mall. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, somebody hit me for a house party, and they're going to have enough people there. That, oh, that'll be okay. Uh, should we get to Mr. David Kump right now?
0: Oh, let's do it. Absolutely. It's
1: been okay. a while. And let me say, as soon as this, for those that listen to the podcast, We have the history of Friday the Thirteenth, and the podcast can be heard every every one of our shows. Last seven years can be heard on iTunes, or just come back here and uh, as soon as this show is over with to listen to um, the history of Friday the Thirteenth. Then the net did very good historic backgrounds. um, What about five years ago? And uh, (laughs)
0: it's been a while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it all still sounds the same. And
1: and I'm just uh, a guy asking the questions that the general public would ask. But right now, let's bring on Mr. David Kump. David,
3: hello. Hello, Ed. Hello, and Ed. Oh, my God. David, I it's so good to have,
0: to have you. <laughs> oh,
3: well, I, like I said, I've missed talking to you two. We had so much fun every time I've been on the show. Yeah. I'd
1: love to. Yeah, <laughs> it. Yeah, It is, yes. And uh, you became a friend on Facebook, and I figured. We gotta get back on. So, and uh, it's, been, oh, a, yeah, no, it's been a couple years. of years.
3: And I, absolutely. Now, first things first. I I do have a Shorewood right next to Joliet where I live. So, if you're talking okay. about the village, the city of Shorewood, it's kind okay. of if you looked on a map, it's kind of right next to Joliet, where Route 55 and Route 59 leads into Route 55. That's where you'll okay. find Shorewood, the one I'm familiar with. Right near Shorewood.
1: Well, well I hope that's the one then. <laughs> uh, because yeah, that would be easier. <laughs> yeah, 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 Um David, tonight. Yes. And we basically have 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Because um, our show is a half hour now. UFOs, grace, Unknown and Phenomenon, and... Uh, just how to deal with them for the future sake of mankind and along with religion. Can you
3: yes, that, tell us in what? In fact, I, I love the way you introduced Jews and all, those, all that language. For the future sake of mankind, and this is a personal uh, little, I don't know, sideline of mine. How about ending war on earth? How, uh, how about that for a tie-in? You, you know, oh, that it. I've, yeah. I've read and studied everything there is to, about these greys, and you know it's interesting. This is also about how you think about things. So I've come up with the reason I use that word conclusion. Everybody's got opinions. I've had opinions all my life. I still do, but if mm-hmm. I if I really analyze an opinion is really just kind of your feelings or a reaction to something. And then when you study it further or you do a little more research, now you start developing a theory. Uh, mm-hmm. If you do that long enough, next thing you know, you're in a position to actually make a conclusion. And that's kind oh. of that's kind of what I've done with my thought process. And... You know, as far as the, the greys and the way this uh, little program Invite me on was set up, uh, my conclusion on the things I'll get right to it. Everything. Hold oh, on me about before you.
1: Hold on, hold on, yes, Dave, 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 Dave. Before you get to go it, ahead. for those that me and the that and you know maybe a few others have had John on the PS, and we know what greys are because we've talked to you. But those people are just turning in tuning in. Real briefly, what is a gray for them?
3: Well, the gray is that typical alien image, if you will, of the the Mm -hmm. large almond-shaped eyes and the real chalky gray, if you will, skin uh, that has appeared in UFO literature and alien literature and handed down for centuries these stories of all the little let's say beings that have appeared throughout ufology and, and so basically plasma. we're saying alien yeah we're saying aliens.
1: And I just wanted yeah, to get that across freeze. real briefly. And so now let's go with your conclusion. What 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 are you feeling about this now?
3: Well, I've kind of really put under the microscope all of these theories and, and feelings people had about the greys, which, like we just said, kind of represent the most established alien form that people are used to hearing about or reading about, they want to harvest our souls. And that has been a major theory for years. My conclusion is the greys are our souls. They are us. In other words, when we leave this three-dimensional reality, and we pass on, we're going to ascend to a higher dimension. And this is where religions have all taught is heaven, if you will. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. ascend to a higher dimension. Our soul uh, leaves our physical three-dimensional body, and Mm -hmm. they are our souls. So the better for the creator to control his souls, those who are the most, and I'm sorry for this language, those of us who are most brainwashed are more likely to end up being the minions of the creator, the grave, his little army of ants that he sends back to Instead of harvest souls, I would say guide them, further brainwash them, and make sure the experiences our souls have on earth are the the ones they need to prepare us for the next dimension. Now, here's the tough news, Uh, and I believe the atheists are just as wrong as the religious right. In other words, the atheists believe there is no God. Well, I got news for you, there is a creator. But right. he is no God. He's a warmonger. In other words, if you study religions and the language they use to <clears throat> allow for tragedy and war and suffering and hatred and killing and and they'll say it's God's will or God works in mysterious ways. We can't understand what well what I've come to conclude is God is a warmonger, and He wants our souls imprinted with that type of trauma suffering hatred that's what that's that's what life is all about on earth and you don't have to go as, you don't have to go very far back in history uh you see what's going on this week uh in my estimation i'm kinda I'm kinda happy Russia stepped in. Uh, whether they can be trusted or not, but this whole Syrian thing and everything we've been through in the last 10 years in the Middle East, we seem to, since the Revolutionary War, at least this country of ours, seems to be in this perpetual mode of war with somebody. And what I found is, here's another little statement I kind of thought up in my head has to do with religion and brainwashing. The more you love, the easier it is to hate. Now, what I mean by that is this is what religions do to their following. Of course you love your own. You love those most like you. You love those that believe what you believe. The problem with that, if you get too frenzied in that, then you turn against all those that don't believe what you believe or possibly live somewhere else or have a different culture, a different attitude on life, different history. And this is why all religions allow for war. Now, to me, if we could just become useless to the creator, in other words, our souls... He would have no use for us as his little gray army to come back to Earth and, let's say, terrorize or uh, just manipulate those souls for his higher purposes. He'd have to leave us alone if we all decided, get this, that we're going to have peace, that we're not going to hate each other, we're not going to kill each other, we're going to end war on Earth. And then guess what? We're, we become useless to them. And we take back the sovereignty of our souls for humankind, for our own benefit. And, and we can actually look at all of humanity, instead of pitting one religion and beliefs against another, we divorce our religions and we take on becoming a humanitarian which means we're strictly going to take care of each other, look out for each other, uh, not even have war as an option or possibility in our minds. So to me, the Greys are here to manipulate, agitate, and keep <clears throat> this perpetual war on Earth uh, with us as the human being, pawns, if you will, Uh, to get our little three-dimensional education and experience. So as we ascend higher, and who knows what is in store for those kind of shenanigans and war games in the higher dimensions above us. But I say we flip the script and we take ourselves out of the game and let the creator go create some havoc elsewhere. Now, I'm guessing, had you've come upon so many troubled souls in your work, you'd have to wonder what the hell made these beings so traumatized. If it, it was meant to be that way from the start, this. You mean life, living, or um, you mean,
1: uh, you mean in the form of, lived uh,
3: those that lived and have passed on.
1: Um, you know sure. what Matt? no i'm a I'm off
3: this is my view
1: and conclusion I guess um, that they all cross over David, and even you know um even the most evil that have walked the earth, they even cross over me and Annette have talked about this also, and how do they cross over? Um, It's simple. They must relive the pain, the cleansing process, that they caused to others. Okay, and once they relive that, let's say John Gacy, 70-something people, however, bodies that he may have buried underneath his um, house, basement, whatever, he would have to go through the cleansing process of feeling the pain that he caused to others, uh, for each individual. And that would be the cleansing part. As far as trouble souls, um, I personally another discussion. And that jump in whenever you want. You're probably sitting well, there I'm listening to you guys.
0: It's very I, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: as far as trouble souls go, I can't say there are more trouble here on earth for a majority. It's a peaceful, thank God I've passed. The ones that would be suffering, Either ones would be the young ones and the ones not wanting to die. The young ones, you know, I'm a firm believer. A lot of them get up there and go, what the hell am I doing here? Okay, they're ticked. Um, sure, sure. But as far as, um, I have to go with your, you know, like you said, so it's it's your conclusion. You're more into this. Um, would you say that there's, Ah, so the souls are the grays, and the grays come back, and uh, our higher power, the Creator, is a war mongler huh. Okay, then, 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 if that was the case, let me throw this out to you, David, because I'm sure other people are interested too. If that is the case, and the Creator is such that, how come everything else from plants to animals it's only humans that are basically the beast and the killers and the... uh, Yes,
3: correct, correct. Filled with that hatred for... You you know, very interesting too look at my, my kind of conclusion about an obsession, if you will, with this war thing. Look at how many souls war can diminish from Earth at a time. Perfect yeah. example, just the other night on the anniversary of nine I'm watching the History Channel, they had the most fabulous program about life on the street that, that whole day. And it was kind of put together by oh, hundreds of people's own personal videos of their phones, their cameras, and... It, One very interesting thing happened. A group of people were in Times Square, and they're watching the big screen. Here's this 9-11 tragedy and the terrorists. And this man turns to the camera and says, why don't we just go to their country and kill all of them? And I thought, you know what? See how that works? He's so righteous in his beliefs, that he believed what was done on 9-11, that we were the righteous victims. Now, we must lash out on those who did that. And I'm thinking, you know, those terrorists, they came over here because they thought what he thought. They thought, oh, my God, let's go over there and kill all of them. Now, what brought well, each side to if that you take,
1: point? If you take what Reverend Wright said and take all the screaming and anger out of what he said, um, first of all, the truth of what he said, Reverend Wright. But the thing that... The, going back to that, as long as you... You're right. It's human nature, I guess you would say. But it's also... It's nine for nine thing, David. I mean, how many people are still for I'm I'm against and the reason I'm against um putting a person to death for a crime is for the simple fact there is uh, there is flaws in our court system. And as long as well, there's a possibility later. and it's a and it's a person being put to death, I can't be for
3: it. Sure, and, and when you refer to the laws, the court system what you're doing is saying that man has evolved to be civilized enough not to just react and lash out and kill them for killing somebody else and- exactly there there has to be a more thought out process to process the if you want to call it a crime or the 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 loss to humanity. And when you get into the eye for an eye, or I love when you said human nature, because if you talk to just people that are so religious, well, who the heck created human nature? So now we're back at my point. All of these terrible things that mankind endures and and does to each other, well, guess what? It was all set in motion purposely. And what I'm saying is, you know what? We need to just take ourselves out of this game. Be smart enough to say, you know what, let's try this. Let's at least try this. No killing, no wars. Let's really love each other. And There's no reason people should be starving anywhere on this earth. We need to put our minds together as humanitarians and help ourselves, our own humanity. But it's always these religious beliefs that drive people to the point where they can actually justify. You see it in TV with this whole, another word I hate is hero. So soldiers are heroes, and policemen are heroes, and firemen are heroes. First of all, a soldier is a soldier. He's a warrior. They chose to firemen. do their job. Yeah,
1: yeah. They all chose to do yeah, their job. It wasn't like somebody... The, Put a badge the on them and so they go out there and stand in front of them.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But in the minds of the people that are religious, they go to church, they, of course they love their families and they're so proud of their family members that have served in the armed forces. But you know what? Let's, we're still talking about war. And if you <laughs> accept and allow for war in your life, in your family, in your personal, I'm going to get those guns from the government, they're going to train me and I'm going to go kill people for them. There's something wrong with that. And and I'm saying I, I believe that goes against being a humanitarian. And I think being a humanitarian is in direct conflict with many religions, despite the fact that they'll put themselves out there as humanitarian. And yet history shows us Obviously, that's not the case, and it, you know if you really i'll take a let's let's start at the beginning of my faith that I grew up with so Jesus who I wish I'd grew up next to Jesus, I would have told him his dad was a child abuser for what he put him through. Can you imagine that can you imagine? The father lets the son have a life like that and get crucified. I mean, it's it's wow. mind-boggling if you really analyze it. Was, it, it, was, it was
1: it was Jesus's <laughs> decision to be that way. It was Jesus's decision to be uh, you know follow through with what he followed through with. It wasn't like um, you know
0: he was he had free will just like one
1: hundred percent of us
0: have free will.
3: Well, and I I, look, he knew his
0: duty, read between the lines, he knew his duty and followed through. Otherwise, mankind would be damned. Yeah.
3: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Look at how he came into the world, we're to believe that. Now, every alien abduction with the Greys that I've read about, researched, heard, saw documentaries, boy, they sure point to this experience of a young woman being abducted, even impregnated, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, this sure sounds like the Virgin Mary story to me. So mm-hmm. here we have perhaps the creator deciding, all right, look, if I'm going to work my magic and really brainwash these people, I need a little magician. I can't just send somebody in a spark of light and he knows they'll be afraid of him. what if he walked the earth like them and was one of them? So he has his little minions abduct this woman walking down the street, minding her own business way back when. Next thing you know, she's pregnant, and this little magic baby is born, and he can turn a bucket of mud into wine. So, of course, they have control of a whole new physics that we couldn't even possibly understand in three dimensions. But... If the creators existing, obviously, in the supernatural, it could be 16 dimensions. So it wouldn't take much to send every now and then, oh, let's not just pick on Jesus. I do that because that was a faith I was brought up with. But you, you read about these prophets that had this knowledge or power, and, and they were able to capture all these people and form a religion around it, I'm saying all these people were sent by the creator to be these little agents of mass brainwashing, just so we keep in this perpetual hatred, war, uh, get these souls back upstairs where they belong after they've been traumatized, so he's got some use for us uh, beyond this little reality. And all I'm saying is, you know what? Let's resist these little things and not be frightened by Well, all right, it's frightening. But this is a real possibility to start okay. a humanitarian movement. Okay. Reject the grace. Reject the creator. All
1: right. I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Unexplained World. It's uh, Shanahan and Annette, and our guest is David Comte. Um And opinions expressed are those of David (laughs) Cohn. But uh, um, interesting, David. You always are when we have you on. um, I'd like to have you back. We have like uh, two minutes left. Annette, you want to give any feedback
2: on that?
0: You know, I find it a little bit confusing to me. I'm trying to hear all the points. I think that if we believe in the Jesus story... It's because we have been taught religion, so how much credo, if we're going to reject religions, how much credo can we give to the Jesus story then? That's a little bit like Satanists, you know, have to believe in a Jesus and a God in order to, you know, kick back to the Satan thing, so I don't know, I'm... I guess I'm having a hard time seeing the big circle, David, but in a half an hour, woo! <laughs> yeah, of flowers. Sure. It, <laughs> at
3: least it was it, it was an exciting wick we lit. And, uh, yeah, who knows? Let's see where it goes. But I'm going to parlay this kind of beliefs I'm having into a a real anti-war campaign to try to get people to at least think differently about all this. Yeah, yeah, but David, David, I'm David, David, on board David. with you. no
0: matter no matter who's delivering the message, whether it's from a flying saucer or from you or from a flower. I believe in that message.
3: <laughs> but David, like the, <laughs> the,
1: the, the the anti-war thing, I agree. But
0: right on. Yeah,
1: yeah, you got to have everybody on board, and as long, long as
3: every single and group. as
1: long as somebody wants to be a top dog. Or wants to control or dictate, there's always going to be a, a conflict.
0: Well, that's where you have Here, to change your mind. That's where each person would have to change their mind in order to make that work. You're right. Yeah.
3: You know. Exactly. And uh, also, also interesting. I'm I'm willing to be so 50 wrong about this. Go ahead. Yeah. If and if the end result was. For some reason, everybody got on board and decided, you know what? No more wars. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's even if I'm totally wrong about the creator and all that religious business, uh-huh. if the all end right. result was no war, I'll take it. And I'd say let's sure. try. It.
0: <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
1: Maybe we should
3: pray and see what happens. All right, for that.
1: Uh, David, thanks. Thanks a billion. We uh listeners well, we're well, gonna go.
3: Too. I I'm so happy you know what, I feel like we no time has passed since last time we talked. It's just terrific yeah. to be on the show with you too. Thanks, David.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you. Friday the thirteenth, the history's coming on right now. David, thank you. And that I will call you in, in about ten
0: minutes. Okay.
2: Oh, hey, yeah. that is Friday the thirteenth. You're not yeah. afraid of Friday the thirteenth, are you? Uh, not only if something happens. Oh, well, if you were afraid of Friday the 13th, you would have pariscavita catriaphobia.
1: Well, i rarely hear that from you than the doctor. (laughs) That's right.
2: (laughs) That is a technical term for people afflicted with a morbid, irrational fear of Friday the 13th.
1: Is is that a... Well, that's... Go ahead. Tell me more. It's a real
2: phobia. It's true. Um, It's a widespread superstition. Because uh, Friday is the sixth day of the week, and the number 13 13, both have foreboding reputations, said to date from ancient times. Uh, Their inevitable conjunction from one to three times a year portends more misfortune than some credulous minds can bear. Folklorists say it's probably the most widespread superstition in the United States. Some people won't go to work on Friday the 13th, they won't eat in restaurants, and they wouldn't even think of setting a date for a wedding on that day.
1: I heard this stuff about the wedding, that, you know, it's almost a phobia. Oh, yeah, you would never.
2: You don't plan anything. In fact, I fell down the stairs when I was five months pregnant on Friday the 13th. Thirteen stairs. Did you really? Yeah. And I'm always one going around saying, oh, it's not unlucky. (laughs) In fact, you know that uh, many Americans at the turn of the millennium still suffer from this condition. According to Dr. Donald Dossay, a psychotherapist specializing in the treatment of phobias, and the coiner of the term Paris Kavita catriophobia, the figure may be as high as 21 million people. And if he's right, that's eight percent of Americans uh that are still in the grips of this old superstition. Well most people bring it up it's Friday the thirteenth, you know. Don't sure. walk under a
1: ladder. That's one thing you usually hear.
2: Yeah. Don't let a black cat cross your path. But
1: I always if I see one, I will attempt I I, I, I walk under ladders, period. If I yeah, see I'll one of those I gotta disprove <laughs> <I> don't exist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if we broke a mirror on Friday the thirteenth? How many years bad luck would that turn into? Seven times thirteen? Wow. Holy moly.
1: <laughs> what else? Uh, Have what you else? ever heard
2: of the Devil's Dozen? It's uh, it's said that if 13 people sit down to dinner together, that within a year, they'll all die. I never heard that one. Yeah. And uh, the Turks so disliked the number 13 that it was practically expunged from their vocabulary. Uh, in fact, many cities don't have a 13th street or a 13th avenue, and many buildings don't have a 13th floor.
1: That's true. I've been on elevators where there was on 13. And yeah. I always have fun with the guy that... Rides you up and down and say, well, you know it's actually the 13th floor, don't you?
2: Giving them the creeps, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Um, If you have 13 letters in your name, you will have the devil's luck. These following guys had 13 letters in their name. Jack the Ripper, Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahmer, Theodore Bundy, and Albert DeSalvo all have 13 letters in their names. Did you know that my name has 13 letters? Yours, us? Yes. I counted yours. You have 10. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had seven, but yeah, that, that's supposed
1: to be a good luck number, seven. Right, right. It's supposed to be, yeah. yeah. Very good.
2: And that has seven letters, but my full name is 13 letters. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, is that the a norm- warning you're telling me? Is that what? Is, are
1: you trying to give me a warning? Or should oh. I just stay away on Friday 13?
2: <laughs> run now, baby, run okay. now. Uh, Though no one can say for sure when and why human beings first associated the number 13 with misfortune, the belief is assumed to be quite old and there are any number of theories purporting to trace its origins uh, to antiquity and beyond. And uh, despite whatever terrors the numerical unknown held for their prehistoric forebears, ancient civilizations were unanimous in their dread of 13. However, the Chinese regarded the number as lucky, as did the Egyptians. Egyptians. At the time of the pharaohs ancient egyptians uh for them their life was a quest for spiritual ascension which unfolded in stages 12 in this life and the 13th beyond thought to be eternal afterlife the number 13 therefore symbolized death not in the terms of dust and decay but as a glorious and desirable transformation though egyptian civilization perished the death symbol they conferred on the number 13 survived only to be corrupted later in later cultures who associate it with fear of death instead of reverence for the afterlife. Well even in the Egyptians they uh celebrate the black cat and stuff like that. don't they? Don't
1: don't you see a lot of drawings that
2: Right, that's uh, I think that's the god Bast.
1: Okay. And okay. that
2: was uh right, the cat god.
1: Yeah. And, and don't uh, a lot of um
2: um Covens have thirteen members? Oh, uh-huh, you bring up a very good point, Mr. Ed. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Other sources suggest that the number 13 was purposely vilified by the founders of patriarchal religions in the early days of Western civilization because it represented femininity. 13 had been been revered in prehistoric goddess-worshipping cultures, allegedly, because it corresponded to the number of lunar cycles in a year, the same as menstrual cycles. 13.
1: So if I'm up in Newtown, I should watch out for any guys wearing... Earrings is the number thirteen. Go ahead. Couldn't resist. <laughs> uh,
2: let's see. For example, a twenty-seven thousand-year-old carving found near uh, Lesaux caves in France, often cited as an icon of matriarchal spirituality, depicts a feminine figure holding a crescent-shaped horn bearing thirteen notches. According to this explanation, as a solar calendar triumphed over the lunar with a rise of male-dominated civilization, mm-hmm. so did the number 12 over the number 13, mm-hmm. and thereafter was considered unlucky.
1: Hmm. By women.
2: Well, men considered unlucky because they're trying to get the women out of there. Yeah. So let me, hang on. I got more for you. Okay. <laughs> the name Friday, but you wonder where it came from, don't you? The uh, word Friday. Not the TV show. No, no, no absolutely. Like, the the Romans were the ones that named the sixth day of the week in the honor of Freya, or Frigg, the Norse goddess. Okay. Uh, she was the goddess of marriage and fertility, and she was also the goddess of her sex. Seems like you guys got a lot of control in all this. Yeah, well, you know, we used to. Uh, let's see, the, uh, Frigg and Freya have uh, been two figures that have become intertwined in the handing down of myths over time. But the entomology, or the meaning of the word Friday, was accredited to both Frigg and Freya. So it's like saying Friday is Freya's day or Frigg's day. Okay. Friday.
1: And I've heard that in the Wiccan talk and stuff
2: like that. Right. We bring that up all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, Friday was actually considered quite lucky by pre-Christian Teutonic peoples, and it's especially as a day to get married. We used to think that was a good day to get married uh, because of its traditional association with love and fertility and sex. Uh all that changed with, I had to throw that in. Oh, all good. that changed when Christianity right. came along. The goddess of the sixth day, most likely Freya in this context, context given that the cat was her sacred animal, so there's the cat okay. again, okay. was recast in post pagan folklore as a witch, and her day became associated with evil doings. Especially oh. Friday the thirteenth. And you wanna know why? Why? Because her feast day, her sacred day right. is called the Diserblot. Guess what day that is? Friday the 13th. You're right. Now, the Decer is a coven of priestesses that numbered, guess how many? Thirteen. Thirteen. Same thing as a witch's coven of 13, like you mentioned earlier. Okay. So, this is why, depending on how you look at it, Friday the 13th is lucky. And pagan associations were not lost on the Catholic Church, or Christianity as a whole, because they went to great lengths to suppress Those sacred days. So, Friday the thirteenth was a sacred day in goddess worship or that of femininity. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, if it was a holy day for heathens, then it must not be so for Christians. Thus, it became known in the Middle Ages as a witch's Sabbath.
1: Let me throw a question out to you, please. What would they do if on Good Friday fell
2: on Friday the thirteenth? Ooh, I don't know. They would have a problem, huh? They probably would. Did you know that uh, supposedly Adam and Eve? Eve tempted Adam with the forbidden fruit on a Friday.
1: Did they ever? Well, we know it's an apple, right?
2: right. <laughs> or maybe a pear. Somebody once told me it was a pear.
1: Or it was a peach. But go ahead.
2: <laughs> Get my
1: drift. Go ahead.
2: Uh, right. Um, Do you know the a great flood? You know, good old Noah's Ark. Okay. Guess when it began. Friday 13. On a Friday. I don't know if it really? was 13. Nobody okay. who could say. Okay. It? On a Friday. On a Friday. Yeah. And uh, the guy you said who, Adam or Eve. Tempted Adam and Eve. She tempted him on a Friday. So
1: it was, all the all the <laughs> right.
2: was a hell of a weekend. Right. Go There was a lot of knowing about nudity that weekend, right? Yeah. Go ahead. And uh, let's see. God uh, tongue tied the builders of the Tower of Babel. Guess what day it was?
0: A Friday. That's
2: right. The Temple of Solomon was destroyed on a Friday. And uh, Christ was crucified on a Friday, good Friday. Good like Friday. you mentioned before. Good That's Friday. right. That was probably the only Good Friday, considering all these other terrible things happened. Oh, well,
1: sounds well. I don't know. Adam and Eve sounds like. They might have a good Friday. I think so.
2: <laughs> Pay for it later. Cast out of the Garden of Eden, yeah. but, you know. Um, in pagan Rome, Friday was the day of execution. Wow. And later it became known in Britain as the Hangman's Day. When you say day. pagan Rome, what do you mean? Well, uh, prehistoric Rome, I suppose. Okay, okay. When there were pagans running around, okay. everybody was worshiping many gods and goddesses. And and so
1: they had death done and...
2: Right, if there was going to be an execution, they would yeah. wait till Friday
1: they love running people's weekends go ahead
2: I know yeah well <laughs> get rid of the bad guys on a Friday and you can maybe you know yeah. live it up but uh, I guess that's pretty much why that explains that the lingering taboo for like embarking on journeys or starting a new project that you would just wouldn't do it on a Friday but a
1: lot of it is also not you know
2: I don't think, have they ever proven Noah's Ark, I mean, that that actually happened? Well, have they proved any of it? Not really. Okay, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, that's for another show. That's the Bible show. (laughs) Right. But anyway, so that's why Friday the 13th, we witches consider that a lucky day because it's a sacred feast day of Freya, the Norse goddess of love, fertility, and sex. So, happy Friday the 13th, Ed. Thank you, and same to you, kids. Okay, (laughs) bye.
0: Thank you, listeners, and... Good night.